Welcome to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. So real quick, before I jump into the conversation with this week's guest, I just want to let you know what this show is about. Really, this show is just about all the conversations we, entrepreneurs, those of us who are the why notters, have around entrepreneurship. It's the conversation that you don't typically hear because you just see those fun posts on Instagram and Facebook where we're hanging out on yachts or we're making a ton of money and driving these fancy cars when reality is that's not real life. Real life is trying to figure out how you're going to pay bills, trying to figure out if you're going to make rent this month, trying to figure out if that new client really is going to help move you forward or if they're really going to bring you down. Really anything goes in these conversations and you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on these conversations that I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs. So grab your cup of coffee, grab your water, grab your tea, whatever it is that you enjoy, and a pen and paper because you're about to take some notes. Also, be sure to share this out. Oh, here comes my guest. Talk to you soon. Yeah, let's talk about that because that's a big issue. I mean, across the board, but it's like, especially with social media, it's that here's the dream and and you just have to make a little investment of whatever my course costs. Yeah. (laughs) And you'll be a millionaire. You'll, you'll be the six, seven, eight, nine figure mark in no time. And reality is that's not true. So it's like, yeah, let's talk about that. How does that go with working with your clients? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, well, I don't want, I want to say that ultimately they're all very smart people. They're all very hardworking, but by the time they meet me, they've often bought into other people's plans. Yes. I'm not the first, I, you know, we all, I wish I was the first person <laughs> that I had, that had met them. Um, I have clients that say, I want people that have been around for a while. They've owned a business for a while. I go, the length of time that somebody owns a business isn't determinant of how they act. Right. I, I wish I've owned a business since 1996. So uh, this is my third business, um, my online business, and I've had it for almost three years officially. Oh, congrats. That's huge. Thank you. So the key um, is, is that today, just today alone, three people had asked me certain things about, hey, Renee, I want to get more clients. These are paying clients. And I gave them specific, specific things to do. Yeah. And each time today, I don't know what it is about today, they were like, literally out of their mouth. <laughs> we're like, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> I'm like... It is, Yep. <laughs> but it's not like you're picking onions in the fields. I mean, like, I don't know, not that hard. It's, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's harder. I, I don't even, I, it's harder to build a funnel. I've yes. built funnels. That's a 29,000 step process. And it took me a long time, not only to, and I paid people to help me, believe me, I paid my money, sure. but I still, I still have to have my hands on the drivers and drive on the wheel because I'm the freaking captain. I'm, it's my business. Right. So building a funnel, building a, an automation, a passive income stream is not the first thing you should do in business. Good to know. Please go on record about that. Yes, I preach because that is good to know because that is what a lot of people think you need to do. Right. And it's great at, at some point, but I've, I've, sp- I've spoken to very specific people. I've spoken to Amanda Bond, Julie Stoyan, people that others hold up in high regard. They do have funnels, but they're also the first ones to tell you, you have to fund and validate. So you have to fund these efforts because it's not free. 
and you have to validate the offer as you go. The easiest and fastest way to do that is to sell it to one person first. Ooh, I love that. And so that's where, that's where I help people specifically. Sell it to one person. Okay, then let's sell it to the next 10 people. It's gonna be organic, it's gonna be manual, it's gonna be by hand. Yep. And it might be a lot of work, but it's not a lot of physical work, really, honestly, as much as, it, as much as it's emotional work. And this is the difference. When I create a funnel and it's passive, supposedly, when yeah. it's automated, I'm not personally involved. Therefore, I don't personally have to feel the rejection. Right. And I think that's what people are really hesitant to. Yeah. If they're out there saying, hey, Ed, I got this awesome thing. Do you want to hear more about it? And you're like, no. not really. Then, and that, that's your right. And you should be okay to say that. They're not okay with you saying that. They're nervous that people are going to say, not only do I not want to hear it from you, but I don't like you anymore. Never call me again. That's right. their worst fear. Now, 99.9% of the time, that's never going to happen. Their worst fears will not come true. Yeah. However, in our heart of hearts, that's how they feel. Now, how do I know that that's not true? Because I've been in that selling situation 892 billion times. Not only myself since 1994 when I started in sales, but then when I not only was in my own sales agency, but then when I taught thousands of people to sell out in the field every day, business to business for the big telecoms in the 90s when they you know, rode the telecom wave. Okay. I, I love that. It was a good one. <laughs> um, and then the credit card processing wave. So back in like early 2000s, you couldn't just go into like a Circle K or a Speedway and like, I'm going to take this cup of water. Can you take an Amex? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, we don't take credit cards here. There, a lot of businesses were cash only. I remember very clearly my mother writing till, you know, maybe only a couple years ago, writing a check at the grocery store for her groceries. God love them, right? So crazy. I've never been a check person. I hate checks. Me too. I mean, I, 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 my son goes to elementary school. And so when you have an elementary school child, there's often these fundraisers and they want a check. Yeah. Like, I don't even know where my checkbook is. Like, I'm sure <laughs> everything is automatically debited. I mean, yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Once I have kids, either the world better be caught up with the technology or I'm going to be changing that whole school's, you know, perspective. <laughs> we're going to be having the square reader out there and we're going to be like accepting all forms of payment. Let's do this. Venmo it, Apple Pay. Yes. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. So it's going to, it sounds like a lot of work. That's what I heard three times today. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Well, and sales is a lot of work, but like you said, it, it's what we have to do in order to get to the next spot. That's a hilarious pose. Right. There you go. <laughs> it was. It was awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, that's the crazy part. And are most of the people that you have worked with slash are working with, are they mostly online businesses or are they a mix of online and retail or just retail? Uh, they're a mix of online and corporate. So uh, they have professionals, like lawyers, um, consultants, real estate professionals, yeah. um, businesses like that. So okay. they, ha they might have a brick and mortar yep. uh, where people come to them. That Some of them are like web designers. They have their own office. Yeah. People can come and actually meet with them face-to-face -face in their office. Sure. The lawyers can come and they can come meet with them face-to-face, -face, but most of their work is done remotely, even if they live nearby. Okay, yeah. Because of things like Zoom. Yeah, because I was thinking, um, you know, that what I've seen with business owners, especially with the brick and mortar, is that yeah. they're trying to catch up with technology or at least get 
to up to date, um, even if that was five years ago up to date. Um, yeah. but, but they're really trying to get there and that has been a struggle for them. You know, I remember even working with someone who they didn't accept credit card even though they should have and it was like wait what and i even offered actually to help them set up a stripe account free of charge in order for me to pay them with a credit card <laughs> but they still didn't want to get into that system yet and it was just it just it's crazy to me because i'm like but you get paid right now versus seven or 30 or 60 or 90 days later yeah i know i don't get it <laughs> People, well, that just goes to show people are used to doing business a certain way. A lot of people are. Yeah, it's so true. And you brought up a great point that I also run into as well, is that we're not the first point of contact uh, when a customer, in a customer's journey. Usually they've gone through bad experiences before they have found us, the good one. And so how do you overcome that? Because I always feel like there, there's, you know, some extra nurturing that we have to do and we have to understand that that's part of that process, that sales mm -hmm. process. Yeah. Sales is very much like dating, right? Uh -huh. huh. So you come across someone who you really hit it off with. You know, you're out for a call, you know, but you don't like go to maybe like Ruth's Chris the first date. You know what I mean? You meet at a yeah. coffee shop first. Let's meet during the day when I can run quickly <laughs> if I need to. Or get an emergency, oh, phone call. Right. Um, oh, there's, my house is on fire. Well, there's a landslide. I need to go attend to that. <laughs> I just got a work meeting that just popped up. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah. forgot all about it. It's literally around the corner. Exactly. So sales is very much like dating. So when I meet someone who I am courting or I think I might have some synergy with, I need to approach it just like I would when I was dating, which is I, like, I might want to name our third child by the time I meet someone. But if I go into the date being like, okay, Brad, so we're going to name our third kid Beverly. <laughs> He's gonna right. be like, psycho, <laughs> right? Stage five clinger, let's go. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so even, so in, to answer that, if I'm talking with someone, yeah, I have to be open to the fact that they may or may not be the next one. Right. If they have had bad experience, so I'm gonna date them, right? We're gonna have yep. phone calls, we're gonna talk or message, or we're gonna get to know each other and we're gonna take it slow. Yeah. We don't have to go to, the worst thing that can happen to a, a potential customer from your perspective, from the person who's selling is too fast, too soon, too much, too fast, yeah. too soon. So if they've had a bad experience, I, to answer that directly, I want to let them air it out. Right. I don't want to be the rebound. Yep. Because that's never going to last. I was going to say, never good. <laughs> never good. Um, and I want them to air it out. I need them to get it out of their system. So I can either inquire and play therapist, sure. or I can recommend a good therapist. Yes. Or I can simply slow it down enough where they can air it out. And then if I, in other words, when I slow it down enough, I mean like instead of booking the next call tomorrow, right. I might book it for next week or I might book it for next month. Yeah. Because if they've had a bad experience, there's nothing that I can say or do that will help them feel better until they decide they want to feel better. Yeah. And, and just having that open communication is key. And, and that takes it to the next level. I know that one time I had a client who, had been screwed over by web designers and she was just done, but she really wanted to work with me. She just was hesitant because she didn't know me that well. Right. And we did, we had to take our time. And 
I told her, I don't want us to do anything until you're comfortable. And, and I think it right. took a few weeks before. Sounds a lot like dating, right? Yes, yeah. It took a few weeks before we actually got into that zone of right. like, let's maybe have some early dinner, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> we had to go through that. Exactly. So, the, so in this case, from the business owner's perspective, talking to a potential client, what could we offer them that might be okay? What does that early dinner look like? Yeah. Um, could it be, hey, you know what? I have a workbook that I have my clients fill out before we start working together. Maybe I can give that to you and have you fill that out just to kind of see how it might feel to work together. It doesn't take any skin off my nose to give them this workbook. Sure. I mean, it's a workbook. But yeah. they're going to see then, oh, okay, so she's not like the others or he's not like the others or this feels different already. I think I can go a little further. Yeah, well, and, and so that's a great point too, creating the content mm -hmm. that's gonna help you with that sales funnel, if you will. Um, right. So how, how does that come about? Because especially when you're starting out brand new, you're still figuring out what it is that you really wanna sell and what you really wanna market, because yep. we think we know, but then we <laughs> go out and we figure out quickly that usually that's not actually what it is, it's something else. So how do you go about that part? Yeah. So first of all, I want to honor the fact that I will, we can always change our mind and yes. what we offer will always be evolving. Yes. Not only how we offer it, but the, the supporting cast, AKA content, supporting materials and the price will always be evolving. My expertise in this exact area will always be evolving. So honor that fact that one, there is no, there is no, okay, it's all set. Right. Almost ever. And once you're there, you know that you're, I <laughs> know this, you're gonna get bored with it quick. So you're gonna wanna create something new anyway. So, okay, so honoring that, how do you create support materials maybe when you're brand new? Is that? Cool? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we live in the information age. <laughs> so there's a lot of things you can Google. Yep. Um, there's a lot of templates you can, you can buy. And, and that's really, it's a great, it's an interesting question because we already have the expertise and but there's off again back to that emotional fear of rejection yes we feel like i need all these things first yep. before i can even talk to anybody exactly and you don't that and that's the key and i'm glad you brought that up because that is where i think all of us get stuck especially in the early days is that we think we have to have the website, the business name, the the branding colors, the you know the right. logo, the stationery, the everything in the office as well, and it's like, but how are you gonna afford the office with the overhead without having a product to sell? Like, right, right. <laughs> you know, there's that that idea of all those things need to be in place before you can do anything. Right. There's be well when I first came to the online space, the big and I still hear this a lot, and I addressed it even today in my show is like the feeling of being legit. Yeah. Like how, when I came in the online space, because I didn't have my office with my sign and my administrator out front and my desk chair, you know, all the things that I was used to having is my security blanket of like, you walk into my office before you even meet me, you're like, she is legit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like I had yep. the nice stuff with the nice high rise, the security guard, all that stuff. So, uh, but, but having all those things doesn't make somebody legit. The longer we live, the more we realize, oh, they can have all that and still be a pain or still be a schmuck or whatever the case, right? So anyways, long story short, it's not, yes, it's good to have a website eventually. It's good to have all these processes and automations eventually, but don't be afraid to just offer your services. The one thing you do have 
that you can charge something for, and that is your time to work on something with someone. Yes, and, and that, that's okay. That is key, and and that's the thing that I think is scary for people around sales is yeah. really not understanding that it is that simple, and also I feel like there's that fear of, especially when starting out, I don't know what to charge. And I don't know who to talk to because it's kind of like when you're at a nine to five and you are working with your coworkers, you guys don't talk about how much you get paid because that's just going to cause problems. And so I feel we, like we, we always did. Right. See, because <laughs> we were in sales. We're like, how much did you make? How much? I'm beating you. Good. Right. And so in that, that's kind of the difference, right? Because yeah. there is that, that competition part when it comes to sales. And then when you look at regular office, it's kind of like, we don't talk don't about ask that. bob we, hr <laughs> might get in we get might get in trouble is he getting fmla right yeah. <laughs> and i think that's what makes it hard i know for me you know when i got out of the nine to five that was a struggle i mean I, thankfully i surrounded myself with amazing people and mentors but it was one of those things where it's like well i don't know how much do you charge and then it's like well if you just charge thirty dollars fine because i was only making $15 at work, but then it's, it's not the same, you know? And so it's very interesting. Right. <clears throat> it is. So here's, I do want to talk about price for a second. Yeah, please. Okay. So it's a big one. <laughs> there's, there's a whole, there's two, I want to talk about two things about pricing. Number one, when it comes right down to it, the price only has to be acceptable to you and the person who buys from you. Only has to be acceptable to you and the person who buys from you. I right, love that's that. That's it. That's it. Like, put that on a plaque, get a tattoo. That's it. So simple. The, get it, put it on your desk so you look legit. <laughs> right. <laughs> At the end of the day, you don't have to ever charge that amount for any other thing ever. You can charge that amount and be like, you know what? It was experience. We all have taken internships. Especially when you're first getting started, just the act of doing the work for someone at any fee right. is better than sitting there doing nothing Yeah, and trying to make yourself look fancy. It's going to mess with your head. So do the work, let that spring, let from that doing of the work, let that spring the workbooks or the other supporting casts that need to happen mm. to be able to charge the higher fees. Know that, again, your prices, your business, your niche, your, your, you will always evolve. What I, I charged $97 for two and a half years ago, I charged $997 for. And people still think it's a freaking bargain. And yep. it is. It's the same material, but I I have evolved. Things right. have evolved. It's more I mean, it's more in-depth. It's more present. I mean, it's all these different components. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's worth more. But I mean, at the end of the day, the concept, the theories that I had two and a half years ago about the online space right. were the same. Well, and that, um, yeah. that's the cool part, and I know I want to get to the other point too that you had, but that's the cool part about what you said is that that totally just lifts a weight off of your shoulders because now you don't have that pressure of it was this price, now I'm doing this price, and what am I going to do extra here? And Because we also think, I think this is huge, especially with online courses, we always feel like the more content we can add and the more bonuses we can add the more people will buy at that price and and it drives me kind of crazy because i actually don't want more than one bonus because the bonus has a bonus with and a bonus and it's like I, I just need to get the course done like i don't even need all this other stuff and it's gonna be hard enough to get through the course <laughs> i know people have literally i've bought things just for the bonus because the bonus was so dang good um, right 
you know, and the course, the course becomes the bonus and the bonus was the reason I bought it. So, I mean, I think that's when you're packaging and this is again, that's a whole other discussion about like creating an offer and what an, making an offer irresistible. Like, oh my God, I can't, I can't say no. Oh wait, another bonus. Oh, I'm going to have regret in the middle of the night. Yeah. Right. So we, as a seller, you want, you want people to feel that way yeah. um, because you want them to be excited about it no matter what. Um, sorry. So, but the other thing I wanted to say about going from corporate to an independent consultant where you're in your own business, you're yeah. charging for your own time. You said something like I was making $15 an hour and now I'm making 30. So let's talk about that for one second. Yeah, because that's huge. So having owned a business since 1996, I am acutely aware of the expenses. Yes. The online space is a very low expenses because I don't have all that overhead of everything else that right. I had to have before, right? Like I had to have an office space. That means I had to have like physical insurance because someone walk into my office, break the leg. I'm on the, you know, I had to have, I had to carry at least $2 million of insurance, right? Wow. Like, yep which is really only like $700 a year, but still, but I still have to have that here today because yeah. no one's gonna walk into, I mean, I, this, is, this is the spare room of my house. I was gonna I say, I'm coming over. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm gonna break that leg. Yeah. Our homeowner's insurance is covered. Oh, okay, there you go, check. <laughs> check. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But what are the things that we spend money on? <clears throat> we don't evaluate our own time. We'll write content. We don't charge ourselves. Exactly. We'll post, we don't charge ourselves. We'll get on discovery calls, we don't charge ourselves. If you actually charge yourself, you would like, oh my God, it's way better to hire a VA to do that. And that's when people start to come across, oh, I see why. So if, if someone says, well, I charge $500 an hour or I charge $100 an hour, that feels like a lot to them. Yeah, but after taxes, right. after overhead, expenses, all the marketing you do, all the preparation you do, all the other things administratively that you do to support your business, even if it doesn't feel like it's making a lot of money yet, um, you need to raise your rates. <laughs> yes. But that's a realization that you can't swallow until you've actually put in the work. Uh, undercharge, the best way to get somebody to charge their worth is to let them undercharge themselves. Yeah, and, and you brought up great points and that is the reason why I mentioned it because coming from that corporate mindset, we are so structured, especially if you've been in it for so many years, that's all that you know. And so jumping into entrepreneurship, that can be really challenging. and you really can screw yourself over quickly and for a long time if you don't figure it out or, you know, have friends like us around. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, all, all, yeah, always, always keep it a short contract so that when you realize how much you've undercharged, you can renegotiate and, <laughs> and Smart. keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's another thing too, is contracts. A lot of people don't realize that they need to have a contract when they're doing business. They're just looking at, hey, I just, I just need to get paid. So you want to Venmo me or PayPal me and let's yeah. just call it a day. Right. But contracts are so important. I know. Good contracts are like good fences. They make good friends and good neighbors, right? Good fences make good neighbors and contracts keep good friendships. And especially, you know, for the kind hearted person, we, when we put ourselves out there, we're afraid someone's going to say, no, I don't want what you have and never come on my lawn again. Right. Yep. They're afraid of that. That's never going to happen, but they're afraid of it inside their inner child. We all have that person. So when we think about doing the work, let's say we get the job, we don't want to then ask, with like asking for a prenup. Right, it's so true. I thought you loved me, Eddie. Yep. <laughs> right, remember like- <laughs> I see, and I'm already picturing like you have, uh, with the dating scene and the fences right. and stuff, I picture you have this whole like magazine style up on the wall vision board that shows the whole journey. So it's kind of like your customer journey, the flow map, like sales funnel, whatever. But it's like 
looking at a magazine. It's real life there. And, and you got the white picket fence of this house. And that was, you know, Susie and, and Mark who met at the cafe that started with just coffee and then upgraded to the early dinner, then went to the late dinner and dessert. And now they have the house with the, with right. the kid and the white picket fence. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you, remember, you remember Eddie Murphy, this, the, him being on stage? Like Eddie Murphy raw, did you remember, ever hear that? It's I, I, yeah, I saw a clip. I uh, remember a clip of it way back when. Yeah, I'm, I'm dating myself, but ultimately that's what I went. I was like, because that he does a skit about that. I will not repeat it because it's appropriate. But at the end of the day, <laughs> that's why I was like, Eddie, I thought you loved me. He has a whole thing about prenups, so it can feel scary again. Like, oh, geez, this person just said yes to me. Now I have to propose this contract. Now they're really gonna say no. Yeah, and yeah. And, and again, it comes back to mindset. Like at the end of the day, and, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but sales in general is all about mindset and, and really understanding, like giving yourself permission, which is what you kind of shared already is like giving yourself permission to be okay in, in that stage. And then to understand that you can keep growing and moving forward, which yes. is something I hear over and over. And it's, it's good to see that that's kind of the common theme for all of us. Agreed. And so I can agree, the person can agree, the person can then pay me and I can say, I'm just gonna send over an agreement. I don't have to call it a contract. Yeah. I can call it an agreement. So if it feels, if, you know, just like, don't call me short, call me petite. Right. <laughs> right, I'm not, I'm not short. Yeah. Sure, sure. Anyway, long story short <laughs> is I can send it over and it can be very clear. They've already paid. This is gonna be clear. They're gonna read it and they're gonna go, okay. And the, the great thing about a contract when written properly is it keeps everybody on track. It, it avoids scope creep. And oftentimes I, I'll, I've brought on bigger contracts and walk people through, ex, you know, putting, moving through the contract negotiation process. It just keeps everybody honest. Not yeah. that anybody's trying to screw anybody over, but we all, during, during the conversations that we have of discovery, a lot of clients want a lot of things. And you agree to do these four things specifically over this timeline for this amount of money. Yep. And then the, the, the customer, although there's, they're very kind, they're not trying to mess with you, but there might be like, well, I thought I talked about this. Well, you did, and we agreed to not add it yet because it would have made it this much, and we only wanted to pay this much, and so we're doing this now. Exactly. And they're like, oh. But you can, it's easier, and then it's easier to preserve the relationship if you can just point to it. Right, and that is key, and that's also why I always like doing business in my email, like across yes. the board, because... I can keep Record. track of what's going on, what's been said. And so I always redirect the conversation if it comes in a text or um, Facebook Messenger or whatever other messaging services. I always am like, okay. Then I follow up an email or ask them, just email me that. So then that way it's always there and easy to find. I do similar things, but I like Messenger. So that's just, it's just, it's a matter of preference. It's just as good, it's just as good anywhere else. Because Messenger will also give you timestamps and dates. You can search Messenger just like you can Gmail. Right, yeah, and that's so the thing. It's just a matter of preference at that point. Yeah, and that's a great point too, is that we all have our preferred communication part. And it's just making sure that we keep that communication open with our customers and potential customers and being able to make sure that they know how to get a hold of us. Right. And how do people find you online and just anywhere? Do you have more online referrals than word of mouth or do you kind of have, yeah. Yeah, so everything is, everything is centered on my website. 
Um, I, I do a live show that originates on Facebook, then it gets syndicated to YouTube and IGTV and you know, other places. Um, I've got got a great team. So ultimately, um, the website is the best place, and that's just my name. So ReneeRebar.com. Nice. There's, there's an H in there somewhere. <laughs> yep. And so that's the central focal point for where you send people. So then that way they can find just you over there and what you have to offer, which is why a website's so important. Correct. And Correct. that's why it's always developing. I love that's how you said with sales, it's always evolving. I tell that to people all the time about websites. It's, it's a living, breathing document, basically. Yes. You have to keep evolving with it. Correct. It's important. It's important to have a website, but it, and I tried to have one first, and I got so caught up in the weeds, and I was like, if I keep doing this, I'm never going to do business. That's why I didn't really have my first customer until I was six months in. Oh, Because I, I also got caught up in the weeds. Even having been a business owner in the past, I also had that self-doubt. I also thought, oh, geez, I need a website to be legit. I was working with a business coach who'd said, you need a website. So I said, okay, I'm a good student. I'm going to get a website. Um, but, you know, like many people, not all website designers are created equal. And so, you know, I didn't get the best one and I was unhappy. And, you know, all, all things aside, I put aside the website for like six more months. Yeah. Didn't tell anybody about it <laughs> and just did business on one platform. So this is my advice. If you truly don't have the funding to get the right website by the right person, right. then pick one platform and establish a presence there. That could take you a couple of weeks. It could take you a couple of months. It really just depends on how much time and effort you put into it. And yeah. then use that funding and let one of your first investments be developing a fantastic website. That is key. And, and when you say platform, are you referring to like Facebook for you? I would take as your, yeah, that, your that was my one? first, that was the first place that I established a presence, but I work with a lot of clients that they are only on LinkedIn. Great. Yeah. Then start there. Focus right. on being on LinkedIn. And I have other clients that are only on Twitter. Great. Be there then. Don't worry about being everywhere else. I'm, I'm only where I'm at this omnipresence only now because of other people that I pay. Yep. <laughs> And, well, and that's that's the thing. It, you've worked your way up to that, to have the team to be able to help assist with that. And right. speaking of social media, you have an amazing group on Facebook and you have the business page, right? Yep. And so how do you, how did you go from like, okay, I'm gonna create a business page to the group? Because I feel like that is a struggle for a lot of entrepreneurs is really mm. thinking about well, I have a page, but I don't do anything with it, but let me get a group, but wait, <laughs> what are you gonna do with the group and, and tying them in, you know, plus the website and all the other things in life? <laughs> yeah, so that's a great question. So I'm gonna, answer, I'm gonna give you an answer. Yeah. <laughs> all right. When I first went through that struggle and tried to figure out my website and I put it to the back burner because I was shaking my head like, wait, wait, wait I'm getting all hooked up here. I'm getting all messed up. I need to focus on one thing that's gonna make money first. Yes. I wasn't gonna pull money from my other business to start this business. I was like, this is supposed to be fun. This is just a side. This is just like an, in, I'm an this, this was seriously a hobby at first. I was like, I wonder what's happening here in this online space. Is this legit? Are people just, you know, who are these people? Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't really know how it was all going to go down. But to answer your question about website, Facebook page, group, this is the answer. So I decided to put that on the back burner, the website for a moment until I could have the funding to really do it right. Then I focused on one platform. For me, because I was on already Facebook and I was already in a couple groups and I already had a few people in my network there and network, having leaning into your network is massive no matter what business you're in. Yes. You're, whether you're virtual or whether you're in person, it doesn't matter. You need to have people that you can trust and rely on and connect with. Yep. So 
don't don't stray away from it. Um, so I was on Facebook. I already had a network there. So I decided to have the one place that I knew that I could be, that I could control, that I understood the Facebook business page. At that time, I had a, a little bit of a upswing when Facebook was pushing out live streams. Yes. <laughs> we all loved that moment. That was a great moment. And so that is when I started live stream. And I got a taste of like, oh, this is super easy. I can write. I love writing. I was a writer. I've been a writer for a long time. I, I could probably build myself as a copywriter. But I chose to be in sales. I wrote sales copy. I wrote sales pitches. I mean, part of what I did along for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but going live from my production studio here, aka iPhone, because yep. everybody's got a production studio in their pocket now. Gotta love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I decided I would just go live. It was easier because I only wanted to. I could only. I could only dedicate so much time to actively doing sales activities. I needed to fulfill the contracts that I got. So knowing that I don't sell all the time, I had to choose a place. I chose Facebook, I chose to do live streaming. It could be podcasting, it could be blogging, whatever you choose, but do one thing, focus on that, allow yeah. that to be in one place first, especially if you don't have the funding over here. Yeah. I focused on one place and then I realized I don't, I don't have any other place to send them. Once they see me live, I literally, I didn't have an email service provider. Okay. Uh, I didn't have a free, I didn't have a freebie that you could, you know, fill out a form and give me your email in exchange for anything. Yeah. I didn't because I, when I started to figure, when I, when I knew that that was a necessity, I didn't know how to do it. Okay. Because I'd never done it before. Right. In my other life, we didn't have to do that. <laughs> so I said, well, I have two choices. I can either pay someone else to do it or figure it out myself, or but I, neither of those were working. I had to figure out a third choice that was, wait a minute, I can, <laughs> I can connect it with a group. So what I then made is my call, every single live stream, my call to action was join my group to continue the conversation. Oh, interesting. So that's how I started my group. And then I would do very much like what you're doing and many people do. I would interview people and that would, then I would, by, by me seeking them out and right. asking them to be featured by me to my audience. They never asked me how big my audience was, thank God, because at that point, yeah. <laughs> me, myself and my Aunt Susie. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's but okay. They were excited. It was going to be public. Yep. So then I would invite them to my group. And so I started my group with eight people that I had interviewed. Love it. And then we became friends. And I didn't, they, a lot of them did ultimately end up becoming customers and clients of mine, both students and one-on-one -on -one clients, but it wasn't right away. Um, but we had proximity, right? They became a part of my network. When you want to sell to someone, you need proximity and you need a reason. Yeah. Good rom-com. I was nowhere near your house, but I decided to stop by and I'm from people. And Netflix. <laughs> and, and that is the cool thing. And so you led with value and being of service to others and just yes. really just being about the conversation and, and the people. And yeah. that's the key, I think, to any successful sale and business is really be about the people and make sure that there's an experience there for them, which you were providing and, and linking to. And you didn't even have all the things that we were supposed to with the email list and the website and all of the things, which is awesome. I have it now, but I didn't have it then. And I didn't need it. What I realized I didn't need it to get started. And that was a, another big thing. People will have you believe that you need all of it to get started. It's not true. So I, I did and have taught many people to make, to hit our income goals and make the impact we want to make without any of those things. Are, are all the automations on your website and all the other things important? Yes, eventually. But if don't go out of business trying to make them happen. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the key part of it. 
And I, I'm curious because when you have these things going on and we're going back in time when you just were starting with the group and everything. Yeah. Yeah. People struggle. I hear this from entrepreneurs all the time about their free versus paid. When do I go to that? Yep. You knew that that was coming. I'm sure. Yep. You and talk so, about value, give value, yeah. give value. We yeah. want to like give our blood. Then we run out of blood. So we give our plasma right. and then we give our, then we're going to have our bone marrow. What else do you need? I'm almost depleted away. I have a kidney. Yeah, and so we'll ask for a sale. <laughs> how did that feel for you? If, if you can remember like yeah. how that transition, because because that is a hard thing to do sometimes, especially if you're not a, the type that's just like, hey, it is what it is, <laughs> you know? Right. So here's the advice. So there's two pieces. So when I went, when I brought them into my group, I knew that I didn't want to create. I looked at my group like a house party. I didn't want it to be a curriculum based environment. Yes. So when you have a group, I really want to encourage the listeners today, a Facebook group is on social media. Right. Why do people go on social media? Well, even if they're in business, it's still to network. It's to have, it's to socialize. Yep. It's to look smart, to look funny, and to look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's a picture so album. True. Yep. You know, it's not always to tell these, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable and tell your stories, but like, it's like looking at my, if you will go to my, if you come to my house, you look at my photo albums, you're not going to see the two minutes after the birthday cake was, was blown out. And then my kids crying because it was the wrong color candle. <laughs> that did happen. But like, why do I feel, why? I don't understand when people think like, oh, you're hiding. You know, people say you're hiding the bad stuff. No, it's a photo album. It's a, right. it's a digital one. I don't understand why you think I would picture the crying. Anyway, I digress. But back to the group. <laughs> the group is meant to be a social environment. So here's my best advice for groups to not only conduct yourself, but also to keep the energy going. Look at it as a house party. I love that. Yeah, house party. Like, if you come to my house, I want you to know where the bathroom is, I want you to know where the snacks are, I want you to know where the drinks are, What I want to know what your favorite beverage is, I want to know maybe I can mix you one. Maybe uh, you have a special food, maybe you don't like dairy, maybe you really do and I have a great charcuterie plate for you. Maybe, it's a, maybe that's in the other kitchen, you know, whatever. We can bring that out later. So the secret fridge in the back, you know? <laughs> I was like, I, I love how we already, we upgraded from one kitchen to two kitchens to two fridges. Like this I is live great. in an old house. This house is very old, so there is enough. It's like, we have the secret kitchen, the secret fridge and kitchen in the basement. Oh, <laughs> see, that's for the VIPs. That's like the yeah, I don't know. regulars at the VIP the staff, party. they bring it up. There's no staff, my husband. <laughs> but there's the other fridge down there, the storage fridge. That's where you get the big trays. Anyway, long story short, that's if you cool. go to my house, I want you to feel comfortable. And then I'm going to introduce you to other people so they can talk to you and you can talk to them. And when I introduce you, I'm going to say, this is Ed, he does this and he's amazing. And you want, you know what? You two, you both like fly fishing, don't you? Discuss, I'm all the over, you know what I mean? Like, I need to play hostess. So if you're coming into my group, even if there's eight of us, let's get to know each other. What can we do to get to know each other? Because yeah. we're not gonna buy from each other if we're just standing up like in a B&I group being like, I am a plumber, get me more contracts. I hear that a lot too. I know, <laughs> I know. So it's not just about what you do. Is it important that eventually people know what you do? But if they don't like you or even know you or have nothing else in common with you, and they don't know any of the things that make you different or unique, then you're a commodity. And then you're just, a, then they're just, then it's a dive to the bottom in price. So what makes you different doesn't necessarily have to make you better at your craft. I've had people hire me because I was a woman. Yep. Okay, I'll play that card. I've had people hire other people because they were not a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a, I just wanna work with a man. I just wanna work with, some people make their choices based on things we don't control. Oh, so true. And we forget about that. We, we really forget about that at times where we're just so focused on 
like the sale and, and trying to get the client for this, you know, whatever gig. And we forget that there's a lot of things that are outside of our control. It's not just that, that conversation we had. That, no. Do they like us? Do they know us? Do they, are they vibing with us? You know, it's, right. it's very interesting. There's a lot of people that will buy from us, you included, all of us, me included, because they feel like we understand them, even if we haven't had those types of conversations yet with them, because of so based on what they know about us. So having a group allows me to show people who I am, what I do on my business page is what I do for a living. Ah, see, there you go. I like so I, I do talk about sometimes in my group what I do for a living, but I want them to know that's what I do for a living. Who I am as a person, is what you might hang out in here for. I, I mean, I'm just as I'll just as likely have a prompt about what's your favorite ice cream, right? As I would about what's your website. Yeah. Um, Which, so that's about a group. That's when it comes to a group. Yeah, and, and that's the way you should be thinking about social media and, and being able to have these utilize these tools that are available to us versus yeah. just well everyone has a facebook group so i should get a facebook group <laughs> it's like no, it's not the way to go about it <laughs> right have it be a place that you want to hang out yeah because other things that you it's like a chore. it's a chore and we right. don't like it if you like reading books then do a book club well i'm not an author and i don't have anything to do with books i don't care do you like reading books if you don't i don't i, I do read books but when i tell you i read books i listen to books yeah. So I'm a pod, I'm a podcast listener, consumer. Yep. So I did a podcast listeners club for a while. <laughs> See, and so here's the cool thing. So let me ask you, when you did that, yeah. did you all listen to the same podcast? No, because I'm the girl who shows up at the book club being like, where's the wine? <laughs> um, what book did you read? That's funny. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> I'm always the one who never reads, but I like going to book clubs because I like socializing. Yes. Right, and I, I know, and I already said it's about networking. So you don't have to make networking so awkward and weird. Right, it can be fine. It can just have something common to talk about. So what I did for the podcast listeners club was listen to a podcast, anyone you want, and then come and talk about it. And then we did have some times that we listened to one specific podcast. Sure. Um, and then just had a fifteen minute conversation about it. We just met in a Zoom room. We just talked yeah. about it. Well, I didn't record and, it. it was just and that's the cool thing because the reason I ask is because I just finished um, a book. Uh, that won't scale by drift, uh, okay. which is, uh, chat system. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, they're awesome, and they had actually. I think both of the books that I got from them were bonuses that I bought into <laughs> uh, after the webinar. But it's because it was about you know engagement and all of that, and that's my zone. So yeah, I was reading the book, and I thought it was so interesting. They talked about how they have uh, they're obsessed with books, you know, in the office, and there's books everywhere that people can come and take and leave and whatever but they do a book club and they don't read the same book. They all have different books that they read and then they come together. And I don't think I've ever heard of that before. And I just thought, oh, okay, cool. that's cool. Because there's no that's, rules, baby. If you're yeah. making the rules, you can make it over rules you want. See, that's the fun thing. That's the cool part because I thought my vision of book club was y'all read the same book <laughs> and you talk about your different insights about it, which that's fine too, but I, for me, if I were to ever join a book club, I think this would be more my style of doing, everyone reads different books, and then you can tell me, because I'm the one that, I'm like, can you just give me the Cliff Notes version? I really want to read that, but just give me the Cliff Notes version, because I got 20 other books I got to read first. 
I'm always reading like three or four books. And I mean, I'm always getting, I mean, in other words, I've always got three or four in my queue. I still also do have, I mean, like, I also do have books like on my always, like, yes. <laughs> within arm's reach. I got a whole, I'm like, you know, my dream was like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Let's have a big library. So we moved. And then my husband's like, wait, these books ain't coming with us, honey. So do you have a favorite sales book that you like tried and true that you always go back to? Um, you know, how to, how to win friends and influence people, baby. Love it. Classic. And he got it from the classics of the classics. So that's the one I always give if I was to give something. There's also like Dr. Seuss, all the places you'll go. It's a great sales book. That. I love <laughs> when we can revert back to the childhood and get the children's books in there. Have you filled your bucket today? That's another children's book. I think it's phenomenal. Keep it short and simple. None of us have a lot of time or a lot of attention left. So, <laughs> so true. If we can read out loud. So, it, I mean, here's the real key. When we think about doing business, if it's just, if it's so dang hard to network, then make it fun. So, if a book club interests you, make it a book club. If you want to do, maybe it's a pet walking club. I mean, maybe you guys just get on your phones. You guys just do messenger, uh, whatever. I don't know, Facetime. Yep. as a group when you're walking your dogs at night. Why not? I don't know. Think it yeah. up. What do you need? Proximity and a reason. It means you gotta find a reason to bring people together and then you get and then you have a chance to talk to them. My best clients, and I think you guys can, you and anyone else relating to this, Yeah. this is gonna say that my best clients are referrals, right? Oh, big time. Always. So how do you get more referrals? Yeah. Well, you have to have a bigger network. Yes. <laughs> you gotta have more people that know you, like you, and trust you. Yeah. And so, you don't have to always, it doesn't always have, the reason that they know you doesn't always have to be because of your professional abilities. <laughs> well, and that's the true. And so that leads me to the fun fact that I just learned that you took some time off, not, oh, well, yeah. I don't know about not too long ago, but you took some time off from sales. Mm -hmm. What did you end up doing in and why? Yeah, okay, cool. So timeline wise, I had a, I, I was, I, was in a sales company. They okay. hired me right out of college. Five days after I graduated from college, I was in. Sweet. I made so much money that I defer. I didn't go to law school. Though that was my plan. And my parents were like, "Good luck." Prize with that is a phrase you should remember. I was like, "Oh, thanks for the support." Uh, <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. Although, yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, long story short, I advanced quickly, made enough money to buy a territory in Detroit, and it was for a, a telecom company called Skytel. Skytel were those Skytel Skypagers, where it was the first alphanumeric major. Yeah. All the rappers had them. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the season. So we sold those business to business, and I started my office here in Detroit with that. And the reason I chose Detroit is it's flat. Pagers work really well in flat areas with no bail, no, no so trees, smart. no buildings, no mountains. I was like, that's my territory. I'm going to pick it. So I started that, and then Skytel kind of fizzled out. But what happened was this thing called deregulation. AT&T bought... Uh, SBC and Bell oh, South right. and the Baby Bells, right? So right at that moment, I had a sales agency and in the telecom industry, and I just fit the bill, they came to us. Wow. Now, like, can you go around to our existing and potential clients and retain and acquire them onto one bill so that they just have one bill from at and I'm like, yeah, sure we can. Yeah. It was, it was like winning the freaking lot. It was like printing money, Ed. It I was, was gonna say, that sounds pretty easy. Let's simplify and put everything on one page for you. Uh, are you gonna argue that? No. <laughs> it was so good. It was like printing money. So we did that for like three years and I opened up like five offices and I had 300 sales agents. And I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. But, then the but then it was done. <laughs> the contract was over and there was really no more to do. So we then tried the same thing with Sprint, not as exciting. 
which we worked with Quill. That's you know they're very okay. they're big on going business to business. That's just opposite. Of, you know, then everybody needs copy paper. You're leading with the copy paper. Right. So it was not sexy, I'll be honest. And then we got into credit card processing, working with Intuit, which is they own. Yes. Big that, was the, that was the next one. So we rode that wave, and it was great. And then you know, after 13 years of doing it, I was like, I'm old. I'm old, and I've been working 90 hours a week for the last 13 years. I think I'm done. That's a lot. So I'm glad that I found a husband and married him, and I'm glad he stayed with me because I think we were probably together like seven minutes of those. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it was like, did I? It was. A, it's a good. Bl I blacked out. I swear. I did a lot of traveling. I had like 70,000 air miles a year, so it was a lot of work. I literally, yep. I sold that, and then I sat my butt in a yoga studio every day. I just wow. took. A, I was like, I just have money in the bank. I can live. I'm fine. I was married. I mean, my husband. Yeah. Law enforcement doesn't. God love law enforcement. They work very hard. They do not make a lot of Right, right. I sat there so long that the yoga studio owner was like, do you want to like be a yoga teacher? I'm like, no, no kidding. Not one of the others. Look at me. I don't want to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> um, can we do swearing yoga? <laughs> Farting yoga? Fun. That's that how you get noticed. That's how you get free PR because That's you're what different. I'm saying. I, he was like, no. And I was like, ah. And then like two years, I was the hundred. I was, it was my idea. Then I saw later that they had those things. I was like, yeah. Anyway, it's one of those times in your life you're like, you should have just went with it. Long story short, I did get certified. I am a certified Hatha yoga teacher with my 200 hour. It's not just there so much. So um, that led me to two of my students who had PhDs. They were professors at the local university teaching people how to become doctors. Okay. And they had created a cherry juice. Michigan's known for their cherries. Yeah. Being said, we had a, they had a cherry juice. They had a beverage. They were like, this is delicious and it helps. You know, they were cancer research doctors as well. They're like, it helps cure cancer. I'm like, you can't say that. Right, right, right. FDA okay. will come after you. Yeah. You don't do that. We don't do this. So we had lots of we had lots of talks with the FDA. We had lots of talks with the FTC, uh, and then we got some help from Michigan State University, and we got it packaged and bottled and labeled. And um, I became a partner because at that point they couldn't afford my consulting fees anymore. Yeah. And um, we brought it into 180 grocery stores in 18 months. And then we went to the Jacob Javits Center to the National Food uh, Show, where this is back when like Laura bars were new. Like I met Laura. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant, you know, that water, the hint water that, that yep. was brand new that year. They had the same bottles as us. We were like canoodling about how our bottles cost money and what distributor to get them from. And it was super fun. So right there, we ended up selling our purchase orders. Wow. And we, I ended up not working for five years. Gosh. See, that's all fascinating to me. And I would have never known that before. And that's where I'm like, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> It was at that moment that I found out I was pregnant after trying for 12 years. Oh my so, gosh. But I took it as divine intervention. I became mommy. Um, I wanted, you know, all my friends were like, that poor kid, He's just, you need a job. I'm like, no, you know, I'm intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid was, he's, very, he's eight now, he survived. Um, <laughs> but he was, he was three and I started taking him to the local Waldorf school. Uh, Waldorf is like a Montessori, but Right. Um, Steiner and, and Montessori were alive at the same time. He was in Germany, she was in Italy. So it's very much the same. It's very hippie. It's a hippie place. Yeah. And I freaking love it. If I went to school and I would totally go, we bake bread every day, we knit, we make it's, it's the antithesis of who I am. That's and that's why awesome. I'm so attracted to it. <laughs> oh, I have stories. Anyways, the development director left or was leaving and they asked me because I am me wherever I go. Oh, wow. So they're like, you want to be the development director? I'm like, oh. <laughs> but I'm a deal, and I, I had a goal. It was like, you know, I had to, I'd raise $1.2 million for that. So writing grants, going out, asking for money, doing all the things. Um, 
and I did it. And I hated working with a board. So I, as soon as I raised the money, I was like, peace. And then it was like alumni relations and raising the money. So I had written all the alumni relations, like email newsletters and blah, 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 um, in advance. Yeah. So I knew about automations coming in the online space. Like I, I had lived in the world. I just hadn't used it in this way, the way the digital marketers use it. Right. So um, I said, I'm done. And I took another year off. And um, I just, we, my, my little sweet child, my husband works a lot. We did road trips all the time. And I, oh, fun. I, I homeschooled him. I do air quotes because like, I was like preschool and like kindergarten. It wasn't sure. like, <laughs> I, he, my, my child was like, I want to go to regular school. <laughs> You're like, not right now. We're on a trip. <laughs> We're learning. Do not Be grateful. Get Most kids don't do this ever. So you're you're lucky. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so now he's in school, and so I, I took it was a, a cumulative effort of like five years that I that I wasn't actively working. Yeah. But you know the friends that I made at that point in my life, and the women that I ended up connecting with, you know they're a part of my life now, and they see my show and they see my business, and never not once did any of them ever say, "Oh my god, that's so weird." They were like. <laughs> I saw your show. That was awesome. You were so on today. You were because not. I am who I am everywhere I go. Yes. So it's no one so important. Me in high school. They nothing I do today surprises them. Yeah. And they believe me. They find you. They come out of the woodwork, Mr. Facebook. Oh, they do. They do. And that's why I always say we have secret followers because always. they're out there watching. And every so often, you'll get a message randomly. <laughs> I just want you to know, I've been watching you. You're great. I love this. I, I pay attention. I know I don't comment, but just so you know, I'm here. And you're like, I'm really appreciative of this, but why don't you comment? Like, why aren't you telling me that you're here on a daily basis? Like, come on. Yeah, that's funny. So that being said, uh, hopefully that gives people hope <laughs> that yeah. they can just be yourself, whatever that looks like. Cause I don't look like a lot of people online. I'm not an Insta Barbie. I'm not 20 something. I don't look, I don't have hats. I don't look, I love hats. I just don't look good at them. Uh, you know how like it's always like the inst like they have these really cool like felt hat. You live in California, yep. you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So just show up as you are, whatever that looks like. And just know that there's other people out there that are waiting and wishing and hoping that there was someone just like you to show up. You know, just like Fievel, somewhere out there. <laughs> I love Fievel. I used to watch that all the time. <laughs> American Tale, somewhere. They wait, yes. I mean, for whatever reason they just need you to tell them, whatever that is. Oh, it's so true. And this is awesome. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Dive deeper into the conversation with this guest as well as others by going to yes to entrepreneurship.com forward slash podcast. Over there, you will find a list of all the previous episodes and I hope that you'll continue to share out this podcast and please be sure to leave a review in iTunes so that way others can discover this show and be able to realize they are not alone and that they have somebody they can count on to provide value and motivate and inspire them to keep moving forward. Together we can make it happen and like I always say teamwork equals success. So go out there and do something great because why not?